What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast. Today, we've got a topic that is very near and dear to young in my heart. We're going to be talking about how to design better programs and why the typical sweat sessions that you or your mates are doing at the gym just absolutely suck. Stick around. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sound of Movement. We are absolutely stoked because we're back. Richie's behind the mixer. Uh, probably having to reconfigure everything that Rad messed up last week, uh, but um, we're gonna. Yeah, we, we, it's just so much easier when we've got someone who knows what they're doing behind the tech. Uh, so Rad and I can focus on just delivering, over delivering on on uh, on content. So this is a this is an awesome series this week. We're talking about how to design better programs all week, and uh, and we're gonna you know it's very hard for us to do this without poking holes in a few things that we dislike about the industry. So we're just gonna do it. We're gonna throw some stones. Uh, but um, before we do, before we start throwing, and I've got a big bag of stones sitting beside me to throw. Uh, we would love to just give a big warm welcome to everyone on the podcast who are listening. We're getting such good feedback uh, from people, a couple of our tribe binging our podcast. I, I bumped into someone in the street on the way to the gym today who is listening and loving our podcast. So thank you very much, everyone. Make sure you give us a five-star review, please, please, please. It really helps with the ranking. Uh, it's going to get our content out in front of other people. That's the one thing that you can do that will really help us. And also, if you're on YouTube watching the replay, smash that like button. It helps the channel big time. And let us know in the comments what you think about today, uh, today's discussion. It's a very opinionated and subjective discussion, so uh, we want to know what you guys think. And most importantly, huge, huge, huge welcome and big shout out to everyone tuning in on the sound, uh, on the Movement Mastermind, the UMS Movement Mastermind Facebook group. You can see we've got Clay. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Uh, Vinnie Brown. Hey, guys. If you are watching live, let us know in the comments uh, where you're tuning in from so that we can give you a shout out. How are you, Rad? How are you, Richie? I'm great. Oh, it's great to have Richie back. I feel so much more relaxed. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. And it was great being uh, away for a few days in Byron. Yeah, Richie went up to Byron Bay for schoolies week. He finally uh, finished school. <laughs> 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 it's uh, for those of you who don't know. In, uh, in 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 it's like spring break over here. Schoolies is is when all of the uh, all of the, the 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 people that graduate um, high, high higher school education. Uh, you do get some toolies who are <laughs> toolies that we call it, <laughs> who are yeah, a bit older. That's probably toolies, rich. Yeah, but it's where, Richie it's where, where all the high school uh, people that just finished year twelve, which is the end of high school in Australia, where they go to celebrate. So Richie was up there scoping out all the eighteen-year-old uh, girls, all the young babes. Yeah, come on, guys, that. come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, in, in, in all fairness, he was up, he was up there with his his girlfriend, and they they actually stayed a little bit out in the country to get away from the hustle and bustle. The toolies. <laughs> Amanda Ryan saying hello from St. Louis, USA. That's awesome, St. Louis. Uh, so let's look. Let's kick things off with the story that you just told me, Rad, this morning. Um, yeah. Well, look, we've. Uh, this is. I love this story, and um, it, it it really just reinforces what um, you know what we believe here. But it's you know this is. I should. I, I just want to give a little bit of context to this story. Yanni and I have been personal trainers for 17 years. Richard's been a personal trainer for eight years. Um, before we created the UMS, which we, we did create, it is our own baby, um, we tried so many different things. And, and basically, you know, 
we went through this whole process of, you know, when we opened our gym and we were really, really, really struggling, we had to make a decision and we said, do we want to make money? Did we open this gym to make money or did we open this gym just to have somewhere cool to train in ourselves? And we made the decision that we wanted to make money. Obviously, we started a business. We didn't want to be broke. We wanted to support our families. And so we had to start looking at how can we do things in that way. But the whole while along, none of us felt comfortable just doing some cookie cutter program that anyone could do that was no different to anywhere around the corner, but it was just us teaching it. We wanted something that we believed in, that we could feel like we were delivering something that was valuable to people. Can I just say something there, just to to, to make a point? Uh, What Rad's sort of saying there around around being being profitable or staying in business, it is, it, it is very, very profitable to provide a feeling, you know, an experience in gyms. And this it's is probably far more profitable than what we do. Far more, you know, uh, but it's unprofitable to deliver a result. And I'll tell you why uh, very quickly before Rad continues. Results require a long-term mindset. Re- results usually require a period of time where you spend conditioning the body and you're not getting the charged endorphins and, and you're not getting a massive pump. You're stabilizing things that might be a problem down the line. You know, results usually uh, come from people training in a very different manner than just getting a basic sweat session. Um, and and we made a choice very early on that we wanted to be a results-driven facility no matter what no matter what the the problem is you could take it even further than that and say that that what results results require people that come in from an emotional drive to to join the gym because they feel this oh my god i need to make a change but then when they get in there they realize it's way more work than they thought it was and the gym that is just focusing on that sweat session makes them feel good about that yeah it makes them feel good about don't worry about the work just enjoy this workout now yeah. Enjoy what you're here and, to do and, today. And they, it works because most people don't last more than a month or yeah. two. And yeah. so they never actually stick around long enough to see that the program was shit. Yeah. You know? Anyway, so, so fast forward, we, we went through years of iterating our program and trying to find a sweet spot where on one hand we were delivering these results, but on the other hand we were retaining members yep. so that when people came in. And, and it took us until the late last year to get that right, which is the better part of six years. It took us uh, it took us just over six years um, to get that right, to finally get to a point where we were looking at our program and on one hand, we were retaining our members. People were staying with us long enough. They enjoyed it. They saw value in it. They enjoyed the experience here. And then uh, also we're getting phenomenal results. And at that point, we said, okay, we've got something that works now. Let's turn it into an online program and, and, and start delivering it online. So anyway, so there's, there's the backstory there. Anyway. Now, all of that said, you are still battling people's beliefs around how things should work. And if you, you might be listening to us thinking, oh, well, well, who do I believe? Because, you know, the other dude that I was, the other podcast I was listening to the other day, the guy was saying something totally different. And if you haven't tasted the Kool-Aid that is the UMS, if you haven't actually had an experience with it yourself, or you don't know somebody that's got a great result, yeah, you, you know, why would we be the people to listen to? So anyway. This member that was that was at our gym, um, who I you know I really loved having and training and was very very consistent. After um, I think it might have been close to a year or at least six months of training with us, um, their goals were that they wanted to get a handstand. That was the number one goal they wanted to get a handstand, and they were asking me, 
why I wasn't getting them to do more handstands. Why don't we do handstands in the class? I want more attention from you doing handstands. And I kept repeating myself over and over and over again. And I said, handstands are an amazing expression of strength and it's something that I love to do myself, but you have to be strong and flexible and fit always. And if I just teach you to focus on handstands, you run the risk of overuse injuries and you also neglect a massive amount of part of your training. Got to a point where that wasn't enough for this member and they decided that they were going to a gym that would cater to that just handstands, handstands, handstands. Now, one of our other members told me this morning that she and a bunch of the crew from the 5.30 a.m. class got together on the weekend and caught up. And this ex-member who, who went and pursued handstands was, was there as a part of it. It was a catch-up thing. And she was telling me how he was um, asking them all, so, you know, what results have you got in the last year? Like, you've all been at Unity Gym now training for a year, and they're all talking about the results that they've gotten. They're stronger, they're more flexible, they're fitter, they're getting they're better at the skills that they're training here. Um, and apparently, um, he had gotten no better at handstands from a year of specializing in handstands. Um, but he really, really missed the strength and conditioning that we do here because he wasn't doing any of that stuff. And I'll tell you, you know, a lot of people might say if you do handstands and calisthenic training that you're still getting good conditioning for your upper body. And I'm not even going to touch that. What I will say is you do two-fifths of stuff all conditioning for your lower body. The upper body does work well with complex movements. You can use complexity for the upper body and get a good result. But for the lower body, if you're not squatting and deadlifting and doing just some basic strength for the lower body, it just doesn't, it doesn't go as well. And so this was a really cool, it was a, it was a, a really good validation of what it is that we, that we do here and the value of it. You know, to hear somebody that, that went and tried to specialize in, uh, in something that we teach here, but we, you know, get people to do it on top of what their normal training is. It isn't the bulk of it. The yep. bulk of the training here is about making you strong, flexible, and fit. And then if you want to do handstands, we'll show you how to do it, but it's extra work. Well, that's this, and this goes into really the topic of discussion today. And I like that. I like that story because as Rad said, it does validate what we're talking about here in the point. And, and that point is that a gym, a gym and, and in my opinion, the role of a coach in a gym, and we did talk about this last week, and I do believe what Rad said is absolutely correct, that, you, you, you know, I didn't put an, an, a lot of emphasis on the role of a coach or personal trainer being to deliver on the goal that you want. Uh, uh, when you come to them, you say, this is what I want to achieve, and it's their job to get you there. But if you, if you then um, rewind a little bit, Every goal, whether it's to lose some weight, whether it's to make you stronger, whether it's to make you more flexible, whether it's to uh, uh, unlock a, a skill like a handstand, every single one of those goals requires you to improve load capacity so that you're at a lower risk of injury and you can work harder when you train. It is to build a baseline foundation of strength, flexibility, and fitness because that is what gets you there. That's the that's the part that you need to unlock everything every other goal if it's if it's handstands if your flexibility if your shoulders and your spine won't align properly no amount of core strength or no amount of inversion is going to get you there you, you have to work on that first problem that first hurdle which is the flexibility and i actually know the specific case we're talking about here and i know that that is a major limiting factor yep. in in the in our friend's uh, body is the uh, is the mobility and flexibility to just align in the handstand, you know? And nine times out of ten, when you correct that, the the the, the handstand comes very easily, very mm. easily. But the hard work 
is in correcting the posture and correcting the flexibility. And that can take quite a while, especially in the individual's case where you're you know, beyond the age of 30, 40, uh, and, and you've got a lot of work to catch up on because you haven't been working on that flexibility all your life. You haven't set that foundation up yet. So now you have to do it in a later age when your body adapts a little slower, you know. Yeah. And, and so I really can't emphasize this enough. The first initial role of a coach is to get you to a lean body, uh, a lean for, um, uh, body composition, which we call fitness, you know, improving fitness because the body composition improvement generally comes from doing a little bit of cardiovascular exercise, burning a, f a few calories uh, and through nutrition intervention. And then, uh, but beyond that, to get you strong and flexible. And those three things, strength, flexibility, fitness, creates a foundation of all three of the key attributes for athletic performance that you can de deploy into anything. And trust me when I say this, every other goal comes really easily after that point. Yeah. You know, if you want, to, if you want um, to then really enhance your physique, like get down to a body composition where you could, you know, stand in front of a, a camera on stage and, and, and make other people look overweight, then it comes after that. You know, yeah. if you want to then um, master <laughs> movement skills, uh, really, really complex movement skills like hand balancing and, and calisthenics and locomotion, that locomotion and flow, and flow all of that, then that comes after that yeah. setting the, building the foundation, you know, er everything else will come easily once you've got that foundation yeah. of strength, flexibility and fitness. And remember, with fitness, I do categorize a healthy fun functional body composition where you're probably like below 12 or 13 percent for a male and and 15 or 16 maybe 18 20 percent for a for a female you know um, because anything above that everything <coughs> else is a little bit harder it's a little yeah. bit harder to do you're carrying a little bit like a couple of kilos is such a big difference when you're doing when you're trying to control your body weight mm -hmm. you know uh and and yeah i, I just think that un unfortunately people are preyed on by uh, business models where it's like, yeah, we'll furnish your thirst for that skill so that you feel like you're doing it and you're getting there, but you're not because they haven't addressed the, the key elements. that you. And, and it takes years and years of being a good coach to be able to identify what people need and how to remove that roadblock from their, from their body, you know. Uh, and, then, and then to program uh, and periodize a program that's going to use progressive overload and super compensation and all these elements that will get them there, you know. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then for the rest of the people, they go and they, you know, they get a bit of a sweat session going. They might get a bit of a pump, but, you know, then they're, not, uh, they're not actually achieving anything really, really profound. Yep. And, and yep. It's, it and just sucks because people don't know why then and they think it's them. They think it's, oh, it's my body. The amount yeah. of people yeah. that have told me, no, I, can't, I just can't do that or I just can't do this or my body doesn't lose weight. I've got like genetics that yeah. prevent it from happening or, yeah, you know, one, whatever it? else. And you're just like, oh, man, come on. And, and the problem is there's an entire massive issue going on in the whole industry that, that people need to be aware of. One of the first ones is that as a trainer, as a coach, the first hurdle is that most coaches don't even know this yet. So, uh, you know, a lot of coaches don't even understand that complexity is not the solution for somebody that's earlier on in their um, journey with strength, flexibility and fitness. Um, then the next issue is that the coaches that do know it understand that it's actually not a good way to make money is to be telling people the truth. The mm. better way to make money is to be selling lies. And I don't think... 
I don't think a lot of coaches actually will say that to themselves in their heads. So I'm going to lie to people because I'll make more money like that. But they will probably more go, well, well, I know that I'm not going to keep many clients if I get them in and I break them down and, and show them what's really ahead of them. I'll, I'll get more clients if I just make them feel good and, them and the give cool them what load. they want to do. Yeah, <laughs> and give them what they want to do rather than what I know that they need. So there's, there's your first issue. Then the next issue is that for you, for those of you that are listening that are people that are looking for a good coach, you have been geared to think that you can get this stuff easily. You quickly. The, the, the quickly. The, quickly. There's, there's, this, there's this thing that's been sold to people for years and years and years now that results can come quickly if you get the right system. So there's a 30-day challenge that you can do that's going to get you a better result than, quicker than what we can deliver. Why? Because they're promising it to you. And who, mm -hmm. who are you going to listen to? But these people have got pictures of drop-dead gorgeous people on their marketing and they can get it for you in 30 days. So you don't know better. You know, I'm going to go with those guys. They told me they can do it quicker. So there's this whole mentality that is around this results quickly, results quickly. And, you know, if you really want to get something out of this, what you want to understand is that, you know, if we give, if we give the, go back to this example of our, of our ex-member who, who pursued this hand balancing thing, the handstand is an amazing way to motivate you. But where you need to understand where the value of a good coach is and what you need to, you need to stomach some humble pie here is that a good coach will say, okay, you want to do a handstand? Let's have a look at where you're at. And then they'll identify the weaknesses in your body and say, okay, we're going to work on these weaknesses to make them strengths. Yep. Now, for some people, that actually means that your training isn't going to resemble anything that looks like a handstand for months, maybe sometimes even years. You're going to be doing things that are designed to overcome weak wrists, weak elbows, weak shoulders, a lack of core strength, a lack of postural awareness, handstands where you're using the wall for a very, very long time so that you can learn how to get the line and develop, build volume in the correct position rather than just freestanding handstands where you spend an hour kicking up and you barely get one five or six second hold and, and, and you think that that was a good session because last time you trained, you only got a four second hold, but this time you got a seven second hold. And but, it, but your back is all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Nine, and it's, and, and, and it's, it's a really hard thing for you guys to understand. And, and, and maybe what we're saying to you is feels demotivating, but you shouldn't feel like that. You should feel like there's so much bullshit in the industry out there that if you find people that are telling you how it is, Man, like, you know, I think about this, right? It's it's almost the end of 2020 now. Yeah. How quickly did 2020 go by? We were just talking about it the other day. We were like, Jesus, it's December. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm just, I'm just almost recovering from April when we were settling in that there was this lockdown and like, what are we going to do to get through this year? And, yeah. and now all of a sudden it's like, well, the year's over. Okay, it's next year coming up soon. Like, I turn 43 next year. Yeah. Where the hell did that happen? You know, I thought I was still 35. Like, it... Time goes by and there's nothing you can do about it. But what you do with your time either turns you into the person that you want to be or the person that you don't want to be. And if you look for the quick fix and the easy solution, you're going to be like our friend here where you look back over a year and you think, wow, I actually got no closer to what I did. And the person that promised me they were going to get the result quicker than the Unity Gym tribe did actually didn't deliver on the promise. And now here I am looking at my friends who stuck to a good system and who have gotten better results than me and I'm no closer. Yeah. And now I'm feeling disheartened because, you know, yeah. I've wasted that time.
I'd like to bring a couple of the guys on the live in because there's a couple of guys here. Vinny Brown, I know, has been doing um, uh, Taekwondo, I think, for long time, many, yeah. many years. Yeah. I'd love to know, Vinny, what what your um, what your opinions on this discussion are because I know that you've dedicated a lifetime to your craft and you would certainly have some insight into, you know, the true journey of what it takes and and I, and I know you're working now on getting a better middle split um and you know it's it's tough it takes longer than you probably desire share your experience and and clay also and you has, know well, we, we, we got to give a little shout out to clay because he actually tested positive to um to covid the other day he posted it on our group oh so really he's, yeah he's made it public i'm not sharing anything that he hasn't publicized himself and he's had to isolate and he can't even go and train in his home gym down in the garage because that's where uh, he, one of his grandparents spends a little bit of time, so oh, he's having wow. to isolate in his room and get whatever equipment he's got in there. He's very, he's got very um, mild symptoms. He says he's not really feeling much more than a little bit of a cold, but unfortunately, one he's of the lucky isolate. ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, good luck, brother. Thoughts, um, thoughts, thoughts and prayers you. are with you, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Hang in there, stay strong. Vinny said, regarding these programs that just make you sweat, is it possible to design a program like that through periodization to increase endurance? Assuming we get out of COVID lockdown by next fall, it will be tournament season again, Taekwondo, and it would be cool to finally approach that with a program that makes sense. Wouldn't it be 100%. good if somebody designed a program that has good periodization that would increase endurance and make you strong, flexible and fit at the one time? Wouldn't that be amazing? Uh, <laughs> Vinny, I'm uh, giving you a little bit of tongue in cheek here, brother, because that's exactly what the UMS is, man. Um, you're wanting, so is it possible to design a program like that through periodization to increase endurance? Absolutely it is, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and are you talking about... But, he, but he's also wanting, I, I believe, cardio. Well, that's what, I'm, that's what I was about too. to say. Can you clarify, are you talking... Uh, are you talking about cardiovascular endurance? Is that what you mean for your tournaments? Is or that muscular endurance. Or muscular endurance, because they're different things. Um, oh, shit, feeling worse today, hey? And look, man, our, our thoughts are with you, bro. And... Uh, you know, good on you for uh, getting tested and for isolating yourself. That's what the world needs more of, of course. Um, yeah, so more, anyway. more isolation. <laughs> it's just isolation. A, such a bizarre time that we find ourselves in. So Vinny's saying for years I've trained for these types of things, tournaments. We have always just trained harder and harder, but without much. Okay, this is the, this is the, <laughs> Vinny, man, so I walked into that one. You sure did, man. Listen, I'm going to give you the, the um, Phil and Yanni, I think I was away for it, but a while a while back, Phil and Yanni earlier this year did a week or at least one episode on uh, periodization training for athletes leading up to tournament. So you're going to you're going to want to scroll back through our Sound of Movement podcast until you find the one where I can't I don't know what the title is, but it'll be clear. It'll talk about uh, periodization training for athletes because Phil was involved in this one, and and that's one of the dudes uh, that you really want to be listening to on this, but. In a nutshell, the way that you want to be periodizing for tournaments is that you want to have a, you, you basically, you know where your tournament starts and where you are now, and then you reverse engineer your program so that the week before the tournament, as in seven days before, you, you peak with the difficulty of your training, and then for the last week of your training, you taper or write off and you allow yourself to super compensate and you basically just do general um, flexibility and movement style training for that week. You're not yeah. trying in that week before the tournament, you're not actually trying to increase strength or increase fitness or increase anything because you're not going to make any major gains in a week. 
But what you are going to do if you do it the wrong way is you're going to fatigue yourself before the tournament and you want to be fully rested and fully recovered for it. So then let's say you've got a 12-week period before that. You basically create a program that periodizes where the intensity of everything gradually increases over each week. And in a nutshell, that's that's what you do, yeah. um, Vinny. And the but, UMS, but, you can but, use but the UMS to achieve that. Specific to uh, Vinny, he's saying here he wants cardio endurance. Yep. And... Uh, uh, there is a, a, a hell of a lot of really good literature. I, I have a, I, I, I've thrown them all out now, but I used to have dozens and dozens and dozens of uh, the International Journal of Strength and Conditioning. I used to subscribe to that publication. And they, um, they did a, um, and then with the, with the journal, you could also get an additional magazine, which just highlighted the most popular or, or, or maybe a dozen uh, research papers in, that were published in the journal for the month. And one of those magazines was on fighting fitness uh, specifically. And they talked about how, and, and I was very interested in this back then because I was still boxing at the time. And uh, they talked about how to periodize and train athletes for fight sports, boxing, martial arts, uh, things like that. And they tested all different types of cardiovascular training, steady state, uh, intervals, all sorts of stuff. What they found was that um, what they called fight intervals, uh, high intensity intervals, were by far superior for preparing for physical preparedness for fighters. And, and that basically looks like um, you mimicking a fight round. Uh, building up to the time and then um, building up to doing about a minute extra. So if your competition rounds are three uh, three minutes, you start by doing uh, uh, one minute of total time and, and it'll be, you know, 10 seconds of kicking the bag nonstop and then 10 seconds of just, just, jumping, uh, just shuffling, yeah. just footwork, shuffling, so low intensity, then 10 seconds of absolute burst, high intensity, and then 10 seconds of low... Or you, you start with an easy interval of 10 seconds or 5 seconds of, of um, what we'll call loading, which is the, the, the actual punching or kicking, and then 20 seconds of shuffling and just basic footwork, and then 5 seconds on. You do it for a minute, and then you slowly build up to doing it for 4 minutes over a period of the, pres- the, the time that you've got, and you reverse engineer the, um, the, the, the two intervals. So you might start with 5 seconds of, of fighting and 20 seconds of shuffling, and eventually you want 20 seconds of shuffling and five seconds of, sorry, 20 seconds of fighting and five seconds of shuffling. So over that period of time, you are building up your tolerance to doing specific, um, very specific movements to your sport. So for Taekwondo, it's, it's kicking the, the bag or, or, or whatever it is, you know. And it worked insanely well for me. I structured a whole program around that, uh, and uh, and it worked really, really well. Yeah, and it's so much less complicated than what you think, man. It really yep. is. It's just a matter of, like, you have the end goal, which is in that seven days before the training is that you are basically doing um, several of those three-minute or four-minute round, basically exactly what you would normally do in the competition. And you'll do a couple of them and you do them at, at, at full intensity, like what Yanni said, and you just reverse engineer it where you create from day one is something that you could do now, but it would challenge you, but it wouldn't kill you. 
And then you just fill in the gaps. Each week it just gradually increases with the workload that you do, like what Yanni said. And yeah, yeah, it really now, works. Now, very quickly on what you've said here, Lowell, it's hard to find people to compete with at my age group, over 50, so I might have to fight with the young whippersnappers. Now, you can absolutely compete at a high level with the younger guys, but you have to work harder. And there's two elements to your fitness that you have to work extremely hard to do, which a young person will have over you by default because of their age and that is um, tissue and bone density so you have to work extremely hard to condition your tissues and bones um, things like running uh, impact uh, and literally hitting hard surfaces um, like the heavy bag with the parts of the body that are going to take hits which are going to be you know where you block where you defend all sorts of stuff like that um, because you're going to naturally have your tissues becoming softer and less dense uh, uh, after the age of 30 and unless you stimulate it by, by actually, um, uh, you know, <laughs> impact with, with impact, then it's going to soften. So that's the first thing. Uh, and then the second thing is, yeah, you've got to absolutely s smash your cardio and strength and flexibility. So creating that athletic um, uh, uh, foundation, strength, flexibility, fitness. Uh, and if you do that properly, brother, then you actually are going to compete better than them because you've got more skill. You've got more skin in the game. You've got, you're wiser. You've been there. You've been doing it longer. And so if you get that right, if you create that foundation and you condition your body by just hitting things over and over and over again and going for runs and skipping, then there's no reason why you can't jump in the ring with much younger people and really give them a run for their money, if not completely overwhelm them. Uh, I think that's really fantastic and a great goal too. Absolutely. Uh, guys, hope you got something out of that. There's uh, a lot of really uh, good insights there and it's something that we believe so fiercely in um, and that we are gonna, you're gonna hear us drum, beat this drum a lot. So um, yeah, really hope you got something out of it. And we'll see you tomorrow for our next episode. Yeah, absolutely. We're going deep on how to design better programs this week. Woo. So get ready. See you everyone. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, that's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.